The silence in the courtroom was oppressive, enveloping everything and everybody. Its leaden weight distracted Sarah Kaplan's focus for just a moment, at a time when she needed to summon up all her reserves of concentration. This was a pivotal time, a critical moment in the performance, one upon which so much could turn. That's how court cases were. That's why American justice so often lost out to performance. The only sound Sarah could hear was her own heart pounding. Then the nervous coughs and guttural clearing of throats imposed themselves upon her. She sat rigid, composing her thoughts, rehearsing her opening words. It was a moment of pure theatricality designed to draw the two or three hundred people in the room to focus their attention solely on her. She could feel the eyes boring into her back, some willing her to stumble, to stutter and fail, a handful of others, ugly and hateful people, praying silently that she would succeed. But Sarah had been ignoring the demands of her client and his compatriots for the entire time that she'd been involved. All she was thinking about was the American Constitution, how it was imperative that she speak clearly and convincingly, that it was her duty to safeguard the sacred rights endowed by the Founding Fathers upon every man, woman, and child in the country, even the rights of her execrable client, no matter what hurt would undoubtedly ensue. The judge, swathed in authoritarian black robes, sitting half-hidden behind his high judicial bench, was perfectly used to the theater of the courtroom. He allowed the young advocate another few moments of composure, before coughing gently, a soft though eloquent statement which said, That's enough, Miss Kaplan. Everyone's primed. Now's the time to get on your feet and defend your client. Sarah stood. Again she paused, allowed herself the mandatory couple of seconds, before pushing back her chair and walking over to the jury box. Every movement was studied. Every word she was about to utter had been rehearsed in her partner's office the previous day. She breathed deeply and exhaled, clearing whatever rotten air had gathered inside her by her proximity to her client. She scanned the jury box. For the last quarter of an hour, the jury had been listening to the gentle and scholarly Professor Jacob Klein, representing an elderly woman who, a damaged lifetime ago, had lived through five years of the ultimate nightmare of Buchenwald concentration camp. But everyone knew that the case was really being run for and on behalf of the Jewish Anti-Defamation League. Professor Klein had opened his case eloquently and gently, reliving the reality of the Holocaust through the experiences of the woman who sat, bowed and broken, in the plaintiff's chair, quietly sobbing every now and again as her lawyer painted his word pictures of a life destroyed. In the center of the back row of the jury box sat a middle-aged woman who attracted Sarah's attention. Every jury had its own dynamics. There was always one individual around whom the jury would slowly coalesce, one juror in whom the others would place their trust to act as their collective spokesperson, their universal conscience. Sarah looked for someone who exuded feelings of stability and confidence in an environment which to most people was hostile and foreign. She settled on this woman, who looked like everybody's idea of an aunt, smart and sharp, but comfortable.
Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, she began, smiling at the older woman, who involuntarily found herself smiling back. Sarah's approach was totally different from that of Professor Klein, who stood formally behind his desk as if it was a lecture podium, never once venturing out into the theater of the court. Again she waited a couple of moments for the jury to focus its attention. During the next few days, you're going to be subjected to a retelling of the hideous details of the Holocaust. Professor Klein, a distinguished academic and intellectual, is an advocate who is also a deeply passionate man involved in the cause of human rights and justice. He is going to present you with 30 witnesses, all of whom have tragic direct experience of the...